Welcome here to Scandinavian Tennis Podcast. My name is Rune Thompson. And my name is Linus Eriksson. Here we will talk you through this week's most interesting happenings on the tennis tours. Vamos, let's go! Hi and uh, welcome. I'm here with uh, Rune Thompson and we're gonna do a wrap-up for the week uh, about the Scandinavian tennis. How are you today, uh, Rune? I'm very good. Thanks for having me and yeah, thanks for being a part of this. Uh, we have uh, discussed this for, for a while and now we're gonna try because I mean, I felt that this was missing. I mean, I love your ordinary podcast a lot and I know a lot of players, parents and uh, coaches listen to that. But I felt that there was also a market for this thing where you have uh, like a weekly pod that sums up uh, what has happened throughout the week in international tennis, junior, ITF, Tennis Europe, ITF, men's, women's, uh, WTA and ATP Pro. And I think that um, this will be a good uh, way to start it. And uh, of course, we will have focus on the Scandinavian players, but I mean, we can dig into whatever happened this uh, last week. Of course we can, but we're gonna start this first episode uh, with the Scandinavian players and we're gonna start out in Norway where uh, Ulrike Ekeri had a quite big su- success in Charleston. Ulrike is uh, turning 30 this, later this year and won her first WTA main row match at her seventh attempt actually uh, in, in Charleston. And uh, I mean, this was the first win for a Norwegian a women player in a main row match since 91. Which is a while. What's uh, what's up with the women's tennis in Norway, Rune? I think that uh, actually uh, women's tennis in Norway has been quite strong for for a while. I mean, I must say, Ademaya Ulrike and what she's been doing uh, because she's been on the tour for so long, trying to get up in singles, uh, of course, first. And it's amazing to get her her first WTA win. Uh, but now we have to be honest and saying that she's been doing well on the tour and doubles. So maybe that confidence from doubles, bringing her up to around 50, I think, in doubles, gave her also that boost into a singles. You see that with a lot of older players, if I can say that, yeah. in terms of, of women, uh, that when they like focus solo on, on singles, they feel a lot of pressure. And then when they're starting maybe l- be a little bit more loose about it and focus also on doubles, they actually start to play better singles, which is uh, from the normal perspective, a bit of contradiction, <laughs> but lowering your shoulder might be able to make you play better because there's less uh, pressure on you. So I think that is what happens. And then I must say, Ulrike must have been uh, yeah, a tennis lover because she has to stand by for so many years. Also injuries I know uh, before and was expecting to go up uh, in the singles ranking when she was younger, struggled a little bit. But yeah, I, I would say it's a sunshine history for, for Norwegian women's tennis and Scandinavian tennis in, in general. A lot of girls and, and women's below her level now can can yeah be inspired. Do, do you think that will help, for example, Malena Helge uh, later on this year, maybe, that, that if it goes I, well for I Ulrike? mean, I, I still think that, uh, of course, uh, Malena has been doing quite well last year, and I think she actually also 
is close to reaching her highest uh, single ranking at the moment. Uh, I know she didn't start the year so well with, with two tournaments in Cancun, but now she has Fed Cup, and I think that uh, when she's uh, gaining momentum again, she will for sure be able to go higher. You also saw the other Norwegian that might have retired, I'm not sure, Melanie Stogge. She also reached 250 or around that level, mm-hmm. and I think that um, it's possible for them to do it. Uh, and I think the more people that does it, the bigger chances is that someone else is going to do it afterwards. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the doubles there for Ulrike and she's, she's actually ranked exactly 50 today. Uh, and I read on the uh, Norwegian tennis site, norsktennis.no, that the uh, national team coach Fredrik Löfven uh, said that Ulrike's good results in doubles have helped her improve her single game. She has with that become a better tennis player. Do you think she has become a better tennis player? through the doubles? I think it's very possible and I mm. think uh, Frederick can have a point like I mentioned before it is very clear that maybe she has not been a better player skill-wise but because she's more free and maybe putting less pressure her strokes and her technique getting more efficient throughout uh, the tight uh, periods of a, of a match uh, but I, I was actually not sh- um, uh, sure that it was felt like there was a captain for the Fed Cup team. I actually no, thought it was. Uh, no, it's under uh, it's, exactly, yeah. Frederick is uh, well the the, the coach. in charge for the of course. Uh, but he's also the federation guy now, yeah, so exactly, of course he, exactly. he will be in charge. Yeah, yeah. We will move on to the, the Swedish uh, ladies, uh, Rune, and where the action was in Bogota this week. Uh, Rebecca Pitchon lost the second round uh, against uh, Tatiana Maria, uh, uh, who, who beat uh, Miriam Björklund in the quarterfinal. Uh, and this was, of course, a big success for, for Miriam, but this has been a tournament with a lot of uh, uh, lower ranked players uh, moving forward. What's your. Uh, but what I think, you think it's that? actually quite normal in Bogota. In Bogota, there's very high altitude, which means that it's very hard to play there. And I think uh, the, when the conditions is difficult, it equals out the level. Not saying that it's not a very good week for, for Miriam, which obviously it is. And I think uh, she will uh, yeah, jump, jump into top 200 uh, for sure now. And, uh, but I think that Bogota is normally well known as a tournament with, with bigger surprises. And you could also see uh, on the accept list that the cut was quite low because it was only one week in South America for the women's there. I know there's ITF also before or after, but there was only one WTA tournament. So I think it's a very good choice for Miriam to go there and, and, and try the luck and which it paid out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, the, the, I saw a little bit of uh, Maria who, who, who played this week and uh, that has done super well. She, she were actually slicing on both both wings, both forehand and backhand. Uh, I guess many girls have <laughs> find trouble with that. I think so, and especially if uh, the slice goes in and you have <laughs> altitude, it's very hard to control to yeah. hold the ball down. Uh, so maybe it's, it's not uh, a coincidence that she's uh, very close to, to winning uh, the title because I think the final is on right now. I don't know exactly, exactly. what the score is, but I saw she was up uh, with the first set at least. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, pretty awesome. Uh, and uh, for the Danish girls, uh, they have been in Antalya to prepare for, for the Cap- Fed Cup and play the 15K uh, this week b- before the Fed Cup. Uh, Johannes Svensson uh, got in uh, main row as a, with the junior exam, I think it's called, uh, and won one round before losing to Mira Andreeva, who won everything. And she's turning 15 later in April. 
that's quite uh, quite young. I mean, it's young in, 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 in tennis, but I think in women's tennis, and especially on, on the 15 level, it's it's not so uh, such big a surprise because you also saw the two Czechies, uh, Czech uh, uh, siblings doing extremely well when they had same age. So I think, it's, it's of course, it's a very good result, and it shows that she has hopefully a promising career, but it's not unusual. So it's not like I, um, I lose my, uh, my mind of, of seeing a result like that. But of course, it's, it's a good win. Uh, but, but, but does that mean that uh, girls that have a quite high level should play the senior tournaments super early? I think so. I think it's it's very obvious if you look in all the statistics of what the top 100 uh, WTA players has, they have not played much junior in the last year of 18 and some of them not even in the uh, second last year of 18. So I think it's very important that they go on on the pro uh, level very fast, get the experience because uh, compared to the men's, there's less physical limitations for a girl 16, 15 years old compared to a 25 year old uh, woman. So they can still be capable of competing against them where it's more difficult in the men's game that is more physically uh, so there it's tough so I think uh, for sure I mean uh, of course junior is very good you get good experience and you get good matching and uh, you get to yeah learn a lot so don't skip junior at all but I think that for for girls uh, that want to play professional, it's a matter of time to to get going on on the on the on the 15 level very fast. But but you have been uh, on the slams yeah. uh, as a coach. Uh, how much does that experience mean when you later on starts playing uh, seniors? I don't think it it means a lot because as I said to you also when uh, when I was in your ordinary podcast, yeah. I think so few of these players that play junior slams are actually coming to a real slam afterwards mm. um, so I think of course it's fun and a lot of them like to get the towels uh, for the and say <laughs> I was there which but I think is pretty cool it, it's okay but I still think it has uh, it doesn't have so much of a impact on on your long-term uh, tennis uh, career right. uh, I, of course if you're in and you have the time and the money you deserve to go there but I don't think as I said uh, also before it's not the holy grail so I would rather say Okay, if I should choose between playing one slam and going three weeks on on the uh, yeah women's uh, twenty five or men's twenty five for for junior exam, I would anytime choose that okay. ab- above a slam. But w- w- when we see this girl Andreeva, for example, yeah. winning this fifteen uh, k, and we have seen young girls uh, doing really good results mm. uh, even on higher levels. Yes. Um, should should a girl that is fourteen fifteen but not winning matches on 15k level today be stressed about it <laughs> of course any tennis player will be stressed because <laughs> i mean every minute every second counts in in your career and the only thing you don't have is time but i don't think that <laughs> swedish norwegian uh, danish girls that's sitting here uh, 2007 2008 and seeing whoa the top girl junior in denmark lost to a girl that was three years younger whoa where i am i don't think that should be the case uh, of stress because of course this russian girl uh, she has uh, lived and played as a professional her whole life so you cannot compare that to uh, to a scandinavian uh, club uh, club club player no. so no no okay but the the big talk in Antalya this week has uh, was obviously the first round match between Olga Helmi and Sofia Samavati two girls that were uh, were yeah were used for the, the Fed Cup tie uh, the week after uh, th- this match Olga won 6-4 in the third set but uh, 
after that it uh, was uh, yeah it happened stuff what, what happened with it yeah i mean of course uh, olga has uh, made headlines in danish media with her withdrawal of uh, the um, not being a part of the Billie Jean yeah uh, Billie Jean King Cup yes. that's correct yeah. and i think it, it i mean i don't know exactly what was there, uh, what happened because i was not in antalya to watch it uh, unfortunately but i think that uh, it had not so much to do with the match against Sofia Samovarchi as i understand it i think that olga uh, didn't really like the the way the danish federation and the captain was uh, giving out um, not orders but uh, managing the schedule for practice and so on that's at least the official version the danish tennis federation hasn't mentioned anything uh, so i mean uh, yeah it, it would be but it's very sad for the team because i think she is the strongest at the moment and even without clara uh, and now also olga it, it limits the, the the team to yeah actually only two players with wta rank and then two juniors that is around 100 so i think um, in division one it will be very tough for them but hopefully they will surprise me or surprise themselves and uh, they would do uh, get some good experience for for the future but when when Olga is leaving the team when she actually is on site in Antalya uh, among the other girls it's it doesn't look too good no no i think it puts uh, first of all it puts uh, danish uh, danish tennis and danish federation in 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 a bad spot I'm not saying they're doing anything wrong but I think that uh, when it's coming up in public media that we have these um, arguments, arguments that, issues, yeah. yes, it doesn't uh, put a good uh, light on our lovely uh, sport. So, of course, this is not good. And I'm, I know, uh, because I know the, the captain for the team uh, very well, and I know that he's very sad about the, the situa- situation, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what the agreement is with the player, because I guess somehow they sign a contract to be part of it, to get financial support. If they do that, I have no idea. But I think that if you have an agreement that you play, then even for one week or now it was two weeks, you will, as a player, just close your mouth and play and let go with whatever. It's two weeks out of 52 in a year. So I think that you should be a little bit more flexible. But again, I don't know what happened. So uh, it's it's hard for me to uh, draw any conclusions. And and Denmark's biggest star, Clara Tausen, uh, sa- said no thanks to Billie Jean King Cup uh, earlier on. Uh, what's your uh, what's your thing? No, but I, th- I think uh, she pulled out of Miami with illness and now she want to have a, a decent preparation for the for the outdoor season. I think uh, for the team and of course for Denmark, it's uh, it would have been great with Clara and but I think the for the other players actually it would have been the uh, the best investment that if Clara has been there. But I don't think it changed so much uh, for the for the ranking for the for the team because still it, she's only capable of playing one single and one double, and a lot of the other nations are much stronger in in uh, in the second single regardless mm. of that, and also in the double consolation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, even the Swedish team have had some uh, some players uh, withdrawing from the Billie Jean King Cup. Uh, Rebecca Peterson said no thanks as late as uh, Saturday uh, due to injuries uh, was the reason. And Miriam Björklund also have said no uh, also due to... I mean, she, she wants to take care of her body, uh, but she still entered in 100k in Florida this upcoming week. 
Well, I, I it, mean, it's tough when the best players are pulling out and also quite late. Uh, I understand. In some cases. Yes, I, I mean, I agree. Of course, in the ideal world, everybody should play for the for the for the team and for the na- uh, nation nation in in uh, in Billie Jean. But again, we also have to take into consideration it is an individual sport, and therefore they, these players have to make money. They have to make points, and in a Billie Jean. Uh, team, 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 <laughs> in Division One with with federations like Denmark and Sweden, where they don't have so much uh, funding uh, or salary to the players. I think it's it's hard for me to sit here and say that they should play. Um, I I would say that uh, I will put it in in two cases. I think Rebecca and Clara have their good reasons to be prioritizing their own career and. But I think a player like Miriam is more borderline to be able to do that because her ranking is not so high. So she's not that close no, to Rebecca no, and Clara's. Exactly. Yeah. And also there she can actually get a lot of playing these matches for her own develop where maybe for example Clara uh, she is a little bit of a mismatch for her and the rest of the Danish team yeah, so there, I, there I, I understand yeah. it um, a, a little bit more uh, but of course I think it's it's all about uh, communication and relation uh, because you see a lot of other top players they play for the federation maybe they get more paid I don't know but I think it's also how you um, how the relation is if you had a good relation with your federation and your captain throughout your career I, I think these players even if they are top 50 in the world they are more likable to play and with that said it's pretty nice to see that uh, Ulrike Akeri flies home to, to Finland now to compete for, for Norway and I think she's uh, scheduled to go back to the States one week after again uh, and continue playing. That, that, that it's a pretty nice sign, I think. Very, uh, very impressive. But I will also not to offend Ulrike. I would also say again, Rebecca and Clara is in another league than her. Now we will move on to the to the men's side, uh, and we start in Denmark, where Holger Rune won the title and went all the way in San Remo, which I think could be quite uh, nice for him because I mean how, how stressed do you think he have been over for example Alcaraz's success the last time? Of course uh, that uh, Holger wants to be the best in the world and has uh, big ambitions and big... Um, and yeah. they born the same year right? Yeah, yeah. born the same year. I, I think that of course it, it... I don't know if it puts any pressure but of course when you see somebody that you have beat in tennis Europe and that you have been higher ranked in junior ITF doing so well and now cracking almost into top top uh, top 10 or close to top 10 I think it of course it it, 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 it puts uh, also a bit of pressure but also for Holger because I know him a little bit I would say it's also a motivation I know how eager he is to 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 do that and and winning San Remo is just uh, the best uh, answer he can get any anybody and then afterwards also making main draw in Monte Carlo so he actually played final in San Remo draw to uh, Monte Carlo to play the first round in, in quali and uh, yeah finish the day um, yeah so uh, incredible uh, achievement and uh, I know that he had a little bit of uh, back in issues uh, before he started the, the San Remo and he was unsure whether to play or not but it just shows uh, how how great and how um, yeah, how determined a tennis player he is. Uh, and now it will be interesting to see who he draws out in the main draw of Monte Carlo. Yeah. 
he were hunting the the top hundred quite uh, how do you say with a lot of intention in the end of last year. Yeah. Do, do you think that have been a pressure for him to keep that position inside top hundred? No, I think when I think for a very long time he has known his level was for top hundred. Then he was a little bit unlucky with the with the COVID uh, ranking that yeah. kind of made him being on the race maybe 60 or 70, I cannot remember, but his uh, actual rank was still outside top 100. But I still think that, of course, it was a milestone for him mm. to get in there, but now I think it's, 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 it's not so much anymore. He knows he's good enough, he knows he can beat players way, way, way higher rank than uh, his own ranking now. So, yeah. And I'm also thinking, like, for example, if we take Mikkel Limer, who, who uh, have lost, uh, I think it's five, five matches in a row now. It, it's, uh, he's <laughs> on, a, on a losing streak. Uh, but he, he's, uh, he was ranked 95 before this week. He's also on the edge to fall out of top 100. D- do you think that's... Uh, is that something the better players care about a lot? Because, I mean, for me, that are, are like outside of it. Top 100 is sort of a milestone you... You want to be inside. Yeah, it's a it's a huge milestone, but also financially, it's it's. Uh, uh, I mean, I think uh, it differs maybe with uh, one uh, half of a million uh, US dollars a year, whether you are in or out of top hundred. In because tra- you can enter tournaments. Yes, in, you yeah. can get into yeah. tournaments. You can get into slams directly, mm. and uh, you can also schedule your 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 um, your plans much better. So yeah, for sure, it's it's uh, it's 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 yeah. It's everything you can say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there is a pressure, but I don't know whether it's. I hope not that the top players is is uh, looking so much into the, that detail stuff, whether the points goes uh, away or not go away. But I know a lot of players are very uh, strict with that. So of course it can create a lot of pressure. But but points they are come and going. You don't own them. You you have them uh, as uh, yeah. Uh, as a part of, of your career, and then they go away. So you cannot uh, feel too 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 but, pleasant about it. But top tennis is about gaining points as it, well. It is. It's nothing you can like. Uh, yeah, try to go away. I mean, it, it is about that. It is. It is absolute. Uh, and uh, if we go down in the levels, uh, Philip Berivi had a pretty good week as well in Sharm El Sheikh. I think it was the, his final week there after a couple of weeks grind. He reached the. Final in doubles and semi-finals in singles. Uh, how, how do you think he should think about the planning if we look forward now? Well, well if you were helping I, him out. I am. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy to see uh, Philip because if there's any player in in Scandinavia that deserves it uh, to do well, it's it's absolute Philip is uh, in the top there because he's such a nice guy. But I will also but say to be a nice guy doesn't win your match. No, that's maybe also a bit of the issue <laughs> why he he he's uh, not higher ranked. It could be for sure. Uh, but I think that it. it I mean, he, he beat Peter Feiter in the second round that actually won the week before in Sham. So that must have given a a, a good boost of confidence, yeah. and that shows that he can play on a higher level than his ranking. And then afterwards, he he beat the the home soil uh, Egypt uh, Mahmoud uh, that is always very tough to beat in in uh, in Egypt uh, so I think it's a very good week for for Philip of course he wanted to have the title and, and makes a final in, in singles but I think that uh, it's a very good week and I think that as I also said to him I think he has to uh, uh, think about uh, whether to continue playing M15's uh, singles to get his single ranking up or to put more focus on doubles because he has a good double ranking and he's a very good double player 
but he also have a lot of points in uh, Bristol to defend, and uh, they are, I think, they are expiring in in June or July. Okay, okay, okay. I I think he have started the year quite quite well. Uh, if we look at how he have uh, competed, he have, he played I think five weeks in Cancun, and now I don't know exactly if it was uh, four weeks in Charm maybe. Uh, so he he's competing quite a lot, which I guess is. Yeah, that's something not everybody does, to be honest. No, I, I mean, you need to if compete. We, if we look at the Swedish yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, uh, you, you need to compete, but uh, no, it not, it's not only the Swedish players. You can also look at the Danish or, or the Norwegian the players. They, they are, in general, if I should give a highlight, they are competing too little in, yeah. in general. I mean, too many guys go out one week and then they are away for, yeah, for, for a month and not competing. And I don't know, of course, they, they can have many good reasons for not but i think that if you want to to make it uh, and make it above the future level you need to compete a lot yeah yeah uh th- this question about maybe focusing more on the doubles then i mean philip is not the only player in that position i know simon freund have a pretty good yes. doubles ranking as well and there's m- maybe more players uh how how should they think about it? i mean obviously they like playing singles and they don't want to give up that dream but there is higher tournaments to be played if you focus more on the doubles. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's up to to yourself to decide. But you also have to take your age in consideration, the money you have uh, for travel, and, and uh, how your body, uh, yeah, mm. is. Because I think it's it's fair enough to to give single a shot, uh, regardless of your ranking. But I also think that if you have been on the same level for many many years and you not have been moving out of that box, I think it, it is not a bad thing. And now we can go back to the reference of, of Ulrike that mm-hmm. obviously has, has changed. And there's also other Swedish guys that has done that uh, transition, Andre and, and Cornelia also mm-hmm. did uh, with success. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, people that love tennis should not be so stubborn about the playing singles and doubles. If they like tennis and want to be professional and make money and maybe make uh, money big time so they also can have uh, some money for after their career, I think it's it's maybe not a bad idea to also have that in consideration. But yeah. I will not be the judge to decide whether to do one thing or another. But I think if you've been on the same, more or less the same ranking for mm. a couple of years in singles, I mean, it, it, you, you probably need to do make a change if you think that, if you're hoping to take the next step in singles. Uh, to, to just do the same and hope for another result in 60 years is maybe a bit naive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I normally say that, I mean, you have to get over futures within the uh, uh, start of, of 20s. Uh, of course, there is outliners as always, and there's guys that have been in college. I know that uh, they maybe uh, go over the t- but I think that you cannot stay on the on the on the 15 level uh, especially uh, for too long. And if we look outside of the Scandinavia rune uh, w- with uh, other nationalities as well, what what would you say is worth mentioning uh, in general on this circuit this, from this week? I think the most positive in this week has nothing to do with players, but I think that is that Asia is back on the map with yeah. uh, with futures in in Thailand in Chiang Mai, 15 for men and 25 for for women. So I th- nice. I, I think it's yeah, everybody is welcoming back uh, Asia on the on the on the tennis map. 
It's the first uh, ITF tournament since uh, the pandemic. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I, I guess so because they have had they have had the WTA yeah. uh, in Seoul and mm. and also in uh, maybe not Japan actually, but in Seoul at least they had yeah. uh, in the end of the year. But for ITF, it is. Uh, it would be so nice if uh, tournaments could start being played in Asia. Uh, <laughs> maybe especially for for the players in Asia, but overall because they had so many during the summer before and uh, and so on. Uh, but actually, there has been. Uh, we forgot about Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan is also yeah, Asia. They have had uh, a lot, <laughs> yeah, but okay. but it's not what we consider as Asia. No, really. exactly. So that that is uh, true. Yeah. Uh, okay. And in uh, in uh, Thailand, we had uh, a young girl winning right in the singles this week. Yeah, uh, yeah. Alexandra Iala. Iala. Yeah, and I mean she's very promising. One of the strong junior girls. Uh, she won doubles in Australian Open in uh, yeah last year. And uh, yeah, has been doing incredible uh, well. I think she signed with the Nadal Academy actually. That's so she, right. So yeah. she's living in in Spain, but uh, she's one uh, one of uh, many promising girls uh, from that uh, year actually that uh, will for sure have a, have a good shot on on making it on uh, on the um, on the WTA tour. So yeah, probably a girl that will uh, maybe go through 15k. If uh, tournaments are still being played uh, of quite course. fast, of no, no, I think she already is yeah. because she has had. I think she, her, her agency have helped her to get the yeah. wild card for Miami and and etc. Um, but I think for sure, and and if you're winning 25 on women, I would say you are already um, yeah over yeah. over 15 level yeah, yeah. for sure. And is there other results you want to bring up here? I think that it was very interesting to see that um, in Sanremo that uh, Francesco Passaro, or Passaro went from quality to final against Rune, uh, lost there, but he was upbreak in the first set as, as, I, as I remember. And then you in Murcia Challenger you had this, um, yeah, uh, not now he's not so young, but uh, Taiwan uh, Taiwanese uh, boy Singh that has been uh, everybody has been saying this guy must be top hundred, and he has struggled a little bit uh, throughout the years. But maybe now is the time for him. What's uh, his ranking now? I would guess that he is very close to one. He's around one twenty-five now. Okay. So for sure, but he, this guy when he was first year of uh, eighteen. He won three, uh, two, two slams and made finals in the, in the, in the other. So for sure, very, very promising junior. But it just says it's not so easy to take that step uh, yeah. from junior to to pro level. Um, but yeah. uh, but now he's on on his way and now he's yeah uh, higher ranked than ever. Um, then I would say it's also interesting to see if we go down a little bit um, in, the, in the, that you have in Monastir, you have uh, Joris Delors from Belgium uh, winning 15k. He's been out for a very long time with injuries. He was uh, 174 in uh, 2016 and uh, yeah, was playing for, for Belgium's Davis Cup team. Mm. Um, so he's, uh, he's uh, yeah, grinding his way back to, uh, to, yeah, to the top. Yeah, pretty uh, cool. Um, we will, at the end of each episode here, I think, we will have a couple of questions or a couple of statements that will be asked every time. And one, I'm thinking that the first one you will get to answer, Rune, what has been this week's biggest surprise on the tours out there? 
Oof, I think that, of course, as we talked about in doing the podcast, the the results from Bogota was uh, was quite uh, interesting to yeah. see because it's not very often you have on on WTA level or ATP level two qualies playing for the title yeah. at that level. So, so of course that, but also think that it's uh, everything is possible. It is, shows is that the thing to to bring uh, yes. bring with us. I, yeah. I think so. I mean, uh, if the if if you feel good, you get confidence throughout the week. Uh, anything is possible. Uh, mm. I think, yeah, absolute. Uh, that could be the the headline. <laughs> and the next one is the biggest question mark. And here I would like to to bring up one thing uh, before before you're mentioning yours. Uh, I, I know t- today that Tilda Strömquist, the Swedish girl, uh, played uh, 25k in Noeras, and she have had quite an interesting tournament scheduling before this year. She she played juniors. She have won two titles, got to one final and one semi final. Uh, but now choose to play uh, senior tournaments instead of starting the year with that right away. I mean, she couldn't uh, hope for better results when she entered these junior tournaments, like two two titles, one final, one semifinal. Uh, I'm wondering what her her goal was with that. If she doesn't want to go for the slam later on this year, I, I think I, I I mean not to crush any dreams, but I think going for the slams is is tough when you're last year of. Uh, of uh, of 18 and you don't have a, a junior rank to to from the beginning of the year. I think that's tough. Okay. Uh, so I would I would never recommend anyone to do that. But <laughs> juniors can be fine to get some matches and to get yeah. going. I don't know how much she's played in the past. She can be a late bloomer. Mm-hmm. But of course, as I said also here, playing pro is without a doubt what she needs to do. And of course, starting with the 80. Quali in, in, in Portugal, or is it 60 in Quali? In, uh, Ooh, uh, uh, that I actually no, don't but, know. But I think it would be way smarter to start with 15, of course, obviously. But um, of course, sometimes you can, like you saw in Bogota, you can also see in a uh, lower level uh, that sometimes the, the quality is not so strong yeah. as you expect it to be. So I don't know how good the uh, the judgment is, but, but if they looked at the, li- at the list and they could see that she had a chance, maybe it's worth a try. But, but the normal pathway would be playing 15s and then go on and, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, if she's in lack of matches mix it up with, with juniors uh, uh, in, in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, m- maybe there is a, a really good plan behind it but, but I mean how many how many times do, do a player have uh, it, it, how many times is a player able to make like bad judgments with the scheduling before it really affects your your development and improvement. I, I think it, it, it can hurt you right away with one bad uh, decision, but I don't think that everybody is aware of whether it, 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 it hits you right away. No. But I think that uh, bad, bad judgment and bad decisions will always be uh, a limitation for your development. Maybe not your end uh, peak performance, but the way or the the, the curve for, for how, how you reach it. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and again, matches is uh, essential for, for develop. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other question mark you want to bring up here from the week? Mm, I from think, the top of your head? Yeah, I mean, I, I, but this I have questioned uh, many, many times. I, I think it's a little bit odd that uh, Billie Jean Cup Division 1 for both uh, region Europe and region Asia is played in Antalya because as I'm aware I would say that Antalya 
is in Europe. And I know that <laughs> in, in Asia they have struggled probably finding a place because the pandemic and, and, guess, and, and, yeah. and, and, and etc. And, and they need a lot of courses. Yes, yeah. of course. Uh, and in in in, uh, in Antalya they have a lot of course they use I think they <laughs> they use uh, the academy um, for for the Billie Jean and they use uh, the hotel resort for the uh, for the futures but but I think that is a little bit odd. There uh, must be so many players and coaches yes. there right now. And also for the Asian players to go to uh, to Turkey to play and play is also uh, unusual. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, they they probably play more hardcore uh, over there as well. Yeah. But then you can see if I can add a little thing here. Yeah. The, the the Asian teams, they are always most of them are coming in the strongest lineup. So th for them, yeah. there is stronger commitments to play uh, for the mm -hmm. nation uh, yeah. than uh, maybe uh, in some of the other. It is still Division One for them, so it equals out what uh, the other. Do do you, do you think it's because of uh, financial reasons they are like they are feeling more committed, or because they really want to represent their country in a more I think I think it's uh, it's a bit of both actually uh, I think uh, it's uh, I think the federation probably over there have a bigger role or part in a player's pathway so oh, yes. there therefore they will commit maybe easier or yeah. they have to commit uh, without any question marks yeah. and of course they maybe are a little bit more um, yeah not proud but uh, a little bit more interested in in representing the country yeah, yeah. It, it is interesting i mean we, we talked about this earlier uh, today as well but i mean this thing with trying to make teams out of individual athletes in an individual sport that are like 50 weeks 51 weeks a year really prioritizing themselves is it uh, i mean it, it is is it very understanding that the players still make their uh, the decisions that is best for them even if it goes even if it's to to deny the count to represent the country i think as long as the dollar bills are running uh, in our sport i think it will be like this uh, you can also see comparisons to to football where a lot of players make so many millions in their club and they hardly make any for for the nation so i think it's it is just uh, how uh, how society and how the sport is is running nowadays i actually think it will be even more more and more and there will be less uh, pride or eager to play Davis Cup and, and, and Bill Jean in the future. And is that also maybe one reason that it's quaff, that it's tough to make team solutions work? Uh, in general, in for travel, you yeah, think for travel and absolute. practice as well. It, maybe? it could be too, yeah, yeah. But it, as it, it is, yeah, yeah. I think it is an individual sport, and there is a limit for how much team you can uh, make it. Uh. Because I think in Sweden we have a pretty strong uh, belief in teams sometimes. Yes. That is, uh, from from my perspective, a bit uh, naive maybe because it's. It's tough to make it work yes. in the long run. I think yeah. it's because they are not stuck in the past, but they are still... I think maybe they are sometimes. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they are more uh, aware of what they did instead of maybe looking at the world now. Uh, because, as, as mentioned, many of these top players, they are traveling with their own team yeah. and they are all about them, 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 them. So if you want to make it, I think that you cannot uh, make the team too big because then it's not uh, individual enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a question that is going to be for you every time, uh, Rune. What was this week's biggest waste of time? The biggest waste of time this week... What could that be? <laughs> 
Um, oh, here's a question he needs to think about. Yeah, that's that's not so easy. Um, <laughs> I would say maybe. And I mean, I have to uh, I have to be polite, but I think that maybe. But but in this in yeah. this show we're not going to be too polite. No, we I know that. Be honest here. Yeah, I think it is uh, the Danish uh, senior championship that Ooh, is yeah, the, right. the, the biggest not waste of time. But I think the the starting field, especially uh, now where Dan Danish tennis federation has chosen the same week as the Fed Cup. I think uh, it was a Russian winner, actually, uh, for the women's side. Uh, she is resident in Denmark, but she's not Danish citizen, and she won all her matches very, very clear, like maximum maybe two or three games in one set. But she's also former top 100. But is this for the senior, seniors? It's for the seniors. Ah, okay. So that's kind of weird, actually, to put it the same week. It uh, is. It is. It's and also the men's. Uh, I think uh, it was uh, Anders Kranerslev who won that. Of course, deserved it because he was the best. But there was a lot of other uh, players that could have competed at same le and level or maybe above Anders and have won it. But they're not uh, playing uh, for for one or another reason. Okay. Okay. Because there's a, a Swedish championship as well uh, this this week now, but it's for the juniors though. Yes, and, uh, not, uh, and in Denmark the same. The juniors always in Easter, and I think actually Norway also has it in, in Easter. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 it's not a topic maybe for this, but I, I want to, to, to quick bring it up here. In Sweden it has been some discussion about moving this junior championship from this week uh, because we want to extend the clay court season. Uh, to maybe go out earlier to play, uh, to play more clay, to play more outdoor, and that the Swedish Championship this Easter week is bringing us, uh, holding us back indoor a little bit longer. I What's think, your thought about that? No, I, I think you, it's it's a good idea because it's. It, I think the only reason for why it is uh, in Easter in Denmark, Sweden, and all is just because it's always been nobody yeah. has question mark. <laughs> and the problem with the Easter is it's 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 moving from year to year. So sometimes you have Easter in March. And sometimes you have Easter in the middle of April, so that kind of limits the the the, the outcome of how long the indoor season will be yeah. and the outdoor season will start. So yeah. so for sure, uh, there's there's many things that, that could change there. Yeah, but that's a uh, topic for another Absolute. time. Uh, finally, here, what should we keep an eye of uh, next week? Uh, yeah, uh, in in, Scan in in Scandinavia we have to look for Holger uh, from Monte Carlo. He's yeah. now in main draw. Obviously, that would be interesting to see how he does in his uh, second home, you can say. Yeah. And uh, uh, besides that, we have uh, some uh, yeah some Swedish guy in 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 Monastia in the quali, and we have uh, Jonathan Merida in the quali in um, in the Challenger in in US. Yeah, and of course all the Fed Cup, Fed Cup matches, of course, Cup, of course, uh, matches, of course, obviously, where we might be uh, seeing two Scandinavian teams going down from uh, Division One, but then hopefully, if that happens, Norway will be able to go up from Division Two to One. So uh, okay, so you think Denmark and Sweden will have a tough week? Uh, oh, for sure, almost. Uh, I think on the paper. If but tennis matches is not played on the paper, they will be uh, yeah uh, relegated. I think. <laughs> okay, okay. Rune, it's been uh, pretty fun talking to you here, uh, and I hope the listeners enjoyed this uh, first uh, sort of try out episode. Uh, and uh, hopefully we will be back. Uh, I don't know. We haven't talked about this every or every other week. Maybe uh, we'll see a little bit how our schedule is looking.
Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I mean, yes, it's yeah, ten, always fun to talk, talk tennis to you, uh, Linus. So yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for being here, and thanks for hopefully giving an insight of this week's tennis. Thank you. Thanks for listening, guys. If you like this, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to push the subscribe button on the podcast app of your choice so that you don't miss the next episode. Just a small correction from what when we talked about the Norwegian Fed Cup team. It's Jürgen Vestli that is the captain for the team this week for Norway.